Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And God said to him, Certainly I will be with you, and this should be a token unto you that I have sent you. When you have brought forth the people out of Egypt, you will serve God on this mountain, Mount of Horeb. And Moses said to God, Behold, when I come to the children of Israel, they shall say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What's his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, You tell them, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am. Jehovah has sent me unto you. And God said it moreover to Moses, Thus shall you say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me unto you. This is my name forever. This is my memorial unto all generations. I am sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go, no, not by a mighty hand. I will stretch forth my hand, and I will smite Egypt with all my wonders which I will do in the midst thereof. And after that, he will let you go. And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. It shall come to pass that when you go out, you're not going to go out empty. Our name, the unchanging word, reflects the fact that the eternal Word of God is never changed and never will. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Moses asks questions and God answers them. Exodus chapter 3, verses 11 through 22 is our focus in this lesson. Moses has uncertainty and doubts. Moses objects to being sent. He's also uncertain as to what he should say to the people of Israel when they ask him who sent him. Well, God answers the first objection with certainty, saying he would be with Moses until he returns to this mountain. And secondly, God answers Moses with certainty as to who he is. God reveals his name, saying, I am who I am. And here is the eternal, everlasting God, Yahweh. So Moses is to tell Israel, I am has sent me to you. In the Gospel of John, Jesus identifies himself as I am. The people understood his word but did not believe him. Is Jesus Christ your God who delivers you from sin and death? Well, on the Unchanging Word Bible broadcast, here is Dr. Mitchell. Good day, friends. Again, we come to you and we are following through this study of the book of Exodus. We're in chapter 3 and uh, we're taking up now with Moses having met with God. You remember? In the first seven, six verses of the chapter, chapter 3, we had where God met with Moses at the burning bush. And Moses now is 80 years of age. He has been eight, 40 years taking care of a bunch of sheep. From the human viewpoint, what a letdown from being the possibility of being a pharaoh of a mighty empire, learned in all the learning of the Egyptians, mighty in word and in deed, Herder. My, what a contrast. What a contrast. You say, ridiculous. 
My friend, may I remind you that the Lord Jesus Christ, who was on the throne of glory, left his place in glory, laid aside his eternal glory, and came down here and took his place in the human family and took the place of a slave and humbled himself to death, even the death of the cross. I'm quoting from Philippians chapter 2. What a distance from the glory of God to become an accursed thing on a cross just because he loved you and me. And in Moses, we see something of the same thing. Moses, trained to be a pharaoh of a great empire, he's out in for 40 years taking care of a flock of sheep, learning to be nothing. As I've said before, and I repeat it, it's when we come to that place where we recognize that in ourselves we can't do anything. Then God begins to move, and God begins to work. Until we come to that place, we will do it more than likely in the energy of the flesh. And we produce, not Isaacs, but Ishmaels. Now God meets him in the, at the end of the 40 years, a bush that burned and didn't, wasn't consumed. And for the first time, I believe for the first time, Moses really came face to face with God. Real experience with him, face to face with God. He was on holy ground, and he, and he was afraid of God. And you have his commission in verse chapter 7, uh, chapter 3, verses 7 to 10. And especially when you come down, God says, I, uh, the revelation of his sovereignty in verses 7 to 9, I have seen, I have heard, I am come down. I'm going to bring them up to take the place of the, Unto the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. These great nations. If you know anything all about ancient history, you know where the Hittites and the Amorites were great nations, warlike nations, and yet full of idolatry and moral corruption. And God is going to put a race of slaves in their place. It's just like God to do that, to bring down the haughtiness of men to get rid of the corruption of men and to save a human race from extinction by disease. He's going to take a race of slaves and bring them into the land which is now occupied by the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, and so on. Now, verse 10. His commission. Come now, therefore, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Now mark the, mark the commission. Very simple. What God is saying is, Moses, it's time to move. Get going now. Come now. Therefore, I will send you to Pharaoh. Oh, but I left him 40 years ago. He's going to kill me. He's dead. You got another Pharaoh. That one is dead. There's another Pharaoh on the throne. And I want you to bring forth my people. My people. You mean that race of slaves is your people? Yes, you bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And God speaks with authority. See, uh, In chapter 2, you remember, he, he went on his own power. He wasn't sent by God. And hence he manifested flesh when he killed the Egyptian. And then you remember when it was found, when it was known that he had, on this, he ran for his life into the wilderness. 
They was 40 years in the presence of God. It takes, it takes that time. Again, I say the Apostle Paul went into the wilderness too. After he came to know the Savior, face to face with God, he went into the wilderness, went into the desert, and God taught him. Now, from chapter 311 down through chapter 417, we have the objections of Moses. And I want you to mark, he has three great objections. First of all, he asks the question, who am I? His second objection was, he hides behind the unbelief of the people. The people won't believe me. And then he hides behind his inefficiency. And in every case, it is followed by divine assurance. And by the way, by the way, may I say, this is common, this is common. Come now, says God, come now, I'm going to send you to Pharaoh. You're my messenger to deliver Israel out of Egypt. And Moses said, who am I? Why pick on me? I'm only a sheep herder. Now when he was 40 years of age, when he was mighty in word and in deed, if God had said to him then, come now, Moses, deliver Israel, he would have gone with his sword and delivered Israel. That wasn't God's method. You see, he would have done that in the energy of the flesh, depending upon his own wisdom, upon his own power, upon his own will. Now he's 40 years in the wilderness, as I said, learning to be nothing, and God says, now you're ready, come on. It's time to move. And he said, who am I? Who am I? You'll notice that these objections of Moses are always followed by divine assurance. Who am I? Is his first objection. Let's look at it for a few moments. It takes chapter 3, verse 11. And Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And God said to him, Well, certainly I will be with you, and this should be a token unto you that I have sent you, when you have brought forth the people out of Egypt, you'll serve God on this mountain, Mount of Horeb. And Moses said to God, Behold, when I come to the children of Israel, they shall say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you. And they shall say to me, Well, who is he? Who is he? What's his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, You tell them, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am, Jehovah, has sent me unto you. And God said it moreover to Moses, Thus shall you say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me unto you. This is my name forever. This is my memorial unto all generations. Go and gather the elders of Israel. Let me just stop right here. Did you notice, first of all, his objections? He was raised as an Egyptian, and he's, he's run away. He's been 40 years hunting sheep. And God says, come now. And you know, when just like Moses, when Moses was 40 years of age, he was too fast, he was too hasty. And now he's 80 years of age, he's too slow. Now that's not because of age, don't misunderstand me, it's not because of age. You see, occupation with self is the cause of all our distrust and our unbelief. 
And here you have the divine assurance. I'll be with you. I'll be with you. And this is my token. You'll bring this people to this mountain. You'll serve me upon this mountain, Mount of Horeb. Divine assurance. I'll be with you. I'll be with you. You remember our Lord said the same thing to the eleven disciples in Matthew 28 when he said in verse 20, All authority is mine in heaven and earth. Go ye and disciple all nations. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. You remember it? As it is written, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Therefore, we can boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Notice the wells. God said, uh, I will be with you. I have sent you. See? And Moses said, Well, when I come to them, they'll say, Who is the God sent you? You tell them, I am that I am. You forward all the way down through. I will bring you up. I will bring you up. I will gather you up. I will do all these things. Let me just put in simple words. You know what he said? Who am I? Why pick on me? Who am I? God says, I'll be with you. And who are you? If I go to Israel and say, the God of your fathers have sent me to you, they shall say, well, who is he? Remember that Israel has been living in idolatry. Israel has been in slavery for nearly 400 years. Oh, we've heard of way back here someplace about the, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But if he's a living God, if he's able to do what they claim he can do, his promise is no good. He's been here nearly 400 years in Egypt. Why hasn't he moved before now? What's his name? Who is he? We don't know who he is. And he, you have the revelation of Jehovah. You remember in chapter 6, he could say, I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, unto Jacob by the name of El Shaddai, but by my name Jehovah, the ever-present God, was I not made known to them. But I want you to mark the encouragement of this. Who am I? <laughs> I'm nobody. Who are you? I'm Jehovah, the ever-present God. Now you go and gather. Verse 16, you and go and gather the elders of the people of Israel together and say to them, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, appeared unto me, saying, I have surely visited you. I have seen that which is done to you in Egypt. And I have said, I will bring you up out of the afflictions of, the, of Egypt, out of the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and Mara and so on, out of a land flowing with milk and honey. And they shall hearken to thy voice. You shall come, you and the elders of Israel, unto the king of Egypt, and you shall say to him, The Lord God of the Hebrews hath met with us, and now let us go, we beseech you, three days' journey into the wilderness, that we may sacrifice unto the Lord our God. Pretty good assurance, isn't it? Pretty assurance. The revelation of his name, the eternal, unchanging, covenant-keeping God. And by the way, he is still the God of Israel. You know, I might just stop here for a moment. You see, Moses here is reasoning instead of obeying. He's trying to get out of the job of leading Israel out of Egypt. 
I'm only a sheep herder. As I said a while ago, when he was 40, he was too, too fast. When he's 80, he's too slow. Now God said, listen, I'm going to be with you. And he gives to him as the encouragement. The en his name is Jehovah. By the way, may I suggest something to you? You remember in John chapter 8, verse 58? If you go to the book of John chapter 8, starting at verse 46 and running to the end of the chapter, the great question, is Jesus of Nazareth God manifest in the flesh? In verse 46, he said, I am without sin. And they ridiculed him when they said that. They said, you're a Samaritan, you're demon-possessed. He goes on to speak of the fact that, that he loved God and they didn't. And then he made this statement, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He saw it and was glad. In other words, I'm your father Abraham's God. I'm El Shaddai. What was their answer to that? They said, you're not yet 40 years of age, and hast thou seen Abraham? And Jesus answered and said to them, before Abraham was, I am. He didn't say before Abraham was, I was. No, 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 that wouldn't have been right. But before Abraham was, I am. I'm Jehovah. That's why they picked up stones to kill him. Now they have to do that, or else worship him. Remember, these are Jews in John chapter 8. They claim to be the servants of Jehovah. Our Lord says, I'm Jehovah, I'm El Shaddai. And they've either got to worship him or kill him. They picked up stones to kill him. Are you followed through? Uh, as he said in John 14, 6 again, when they said, uh, we don't know the way to the Father. And if we don't know the Father, if we don't know where you're going, how can we know the way? I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way to the Father. I am the truth that sets you free. I am the life that brings you into relationship with my Father. And he that has seen me has seen my Father. You go on down through verses 9 through 11. When he said, Believe me, I am in my Father. My Father is in me. Or else believe me for my very work's sake. The eternal, unchanging, covenant-keeping God. I tell you, my friend, he is still the God of Israel. And thank God he has revealed himself to us in his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And from verse 16 to the end, you have his message. 16, in fact, down 16 through 22. You've got his message. Uh, you go and tell people of Israel, I'm going to come with you. I'm going to deliver you. And he gives some instructions. I am sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go, no, not by a mighty hand. I will stretch forth my hand, and I will smite Egypt with all my wonders which I will do in the midst thereof. And after that, he will let you go. Notice the certainty of this, the assurance. And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. It shall come to pass that when you go out, you're not going to go out empty. Every woman shall ask of her neighbor, not borrow, shall ask of her neighbor. And I've heard that sojourneth in her house, jewels of silver, jewels of gold, raiment. You shall put them upon your sons and upon your daughters. You shall spoil the Egyptians. Well, why not? They've served them for over 300 years for nothing. 
for nothing. They've had no wages. They've been slaves. And when you go out, you're going to go out full. I just mention this because, see, you have the first objection of Moses, and I say again, it's so much like you and me. I know. I remember when I became a Christian, if I may give a personal testimony, I can perfectly understand Moses on this. I was working. I was a machinist, a tool and die maker, a business. I had a good job, pretty fair salary. And 18 months after I was saved, I was invited to go out and preach in Saskatchewan, Canada. I got a letter asked me to go down there. And I told the Lord I fought that thing for two weeks. I had a real battle with God on this matter. I said, I'm not going. I want to love you, and I want to go your way. I want to do your will, except I'll do anything. I'll even give you half my wages to send somebody else. But don't pick on me. Why come to me? I can tell you, Lord, so many fellows who are far better educated, far more able, far more gifted than I am, why not take them? Why not? Why pick on me? That's Moses. And I'll tell you very frankly, there are many men in business who've turned their back on the call of God to do what God wanted them to do. It's so easy, I'll tell you, it's so easy to find an excuse not to do the thing God wants you to do. You get occupied with yourself. It's like a Sunday school superintendent comes along and asks uh, someone, will you please take this class of boys? <laughs> if I can use the term, why pick on me? I can tell you half a dozen people in this church who can teach that class better than I can teach it. We're dodging something. We're dodging an opportunity of ministering the Word of God to some little fellows who need the Word of God. and you, 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 you dodge the issue. You dodge the issue. You said, I'm not able to do it. I've never taught a book in my life. Why, I can't teach. No, you can't do anything, can you? You never tried it. Who knows what gifts you have? That's with me. I said, no, sir. But you know, God has a way of doing things, and he got me out into the ministry of the Word of God. I thank God a thousand times since, but boy, I tell you, I bucked like a steer. And I know maybe there's some of you, some of you young people, God wants you to do a job, and you're, 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 you're turning from it. You say, I don't have the gifts. How do you know you don't have the gifts? You ever tried it? We can always tell the superintendent of the Sunday school, we can always tell the pastor, there are somebody else can do it better than you can do it. Well, if they had wanted the other fellow, he would have gone and asked him. He asked you. He gave you the honor and the privilege of doing a job for God. Even if God gives you just three or four in your class, take it, will you? Take it and pour out your life for those three or four kids and pour into their hearts, into their minds, something of the love and the grace of God. If you love them, you'll do it. I'm like... The kids will soon find out whether you love them or not. You can be brilliant and not reach the hearts of the kids. God wants you. All God wants is you. All God wants is you. Moses, I want you. If I pick on me, I'm only a sheep herder. As I said, at 40 years of age, when he was mighty in word and deed, he would have done anything. But no, God can't use him like that. God's not going to give his glory to another. No flesh is going to glory in his presence. So God had to wait. 
40 years before Moses came to that place where he would say yes to God. And then, when God met him, he balked. I'll just leave that with you today. The second, the second objection of, of Moses is, then he begins to, to hide behind the unbelief of the people of Israel. See, uh, he's still fighting. He's still fighting. What do you do? Still fight? Oh, friend, let, let, me, let me say to you today, can I do this? If you get the opportunity of teaching or whatever the service may be, to witness or to visit some sick people or whatever it may be, but you've got the opportunity of ministering for God. Even though you feel frail, thank God you feel frail. That's when God can use you. And who knows, God may use you in the lives of some people that would otherwise you never reach for God. Now, I just plead with your heart to do this today. And the Lord bless you. And our next lesson will take up his objections, and then we'll see uh, the opposition to the will of God through Pharaoh and through Egypt and so on. But for the present, you read those first 12 chapters of Exodus, will you? And the Lord bless you today. For his wonderful names. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. There's no We trust that your hearts have been blessed and encouraged through the study of God's Word. And so until next time, this is the Unchanging Word Radio Broadcast. Like me,